What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's midnight and Big Bear, you're listening to Night Call. Welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. I am Tess Lynch. That was my son, Emmett, special guesting on this episode. I'm here in Los Angeles with... Molly Lambert. And in New York... Emily Yoshida. Thank you, Emmett. I wish he was like our Don Pardo for <laughs> our show. That He's would be available. Amazing. He was going to take uh, a... I really pushed him to take podcasting as an extracurricular, which bizarrely is offered at his school. Oh, my God. And he was like, no, thank you. <laughs> he's like, I I'll mean, just have some thoughts for a while right. before I'm forced to monetize them. Or he's like, actually, you don't have to go to school for podcasting, Mom, as you know. <laughs> yes. Correct. And he, he can get into the podcasting empire through exactly. nepotism, so it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> did you prove to him that you were a DJ through the photos of our last live He still event? doesn't believe me. Didn't you show him that you were like throwing your hands in the air like a cool DJ? Molly <laughs> took a lot of uh, pictures of me where I look like I'm having so much fun. Is you it? Were. I was so nervous, but I really did have you fun. We had a great time. And we should plug. We should, yeah. Now we're going to have another Night Call Live event at Gold Diggers on February 5th. Mark your calendars. Last yeah, I'm going to be there, there in, in also. I'm going to be there in person. Emily will be there Not in person in spirit. this time. It's a Valentine's night call extravaganza. I have an important question. Emily, last time you were DJ Ghost DJ because you weren't there, are you now going to come up with a new DJ name or can are you still going to be DJ Ghost DJ? Yeah, I got to figure out my actual DJ name because I've had several over the course of the years, but I feel like I need a fresh one for this this run of my career. So I'll think about it. But, you know, when I used to play radio when I was a kid, because of course I did, uh, my my DJ name was Eminem, but it was before Eminem was a rapper. <laughs> Whoa. So. Tess went through a lot of potential DJ names before. So many. Settling. On the I, I love DJ did. Sinking Feeling. That's a great DJ, DJ Sinking name. Feeling is great. What were some of the other ones? It's personal to DJ me. DJ Meat Sandwich. Yeah, DJ Meat Sandwich was a close <laughs> second. I was very distressed that DJ Clams Casino was taken. I oh, really, yeah. That really, was the first thing you was said great. was like, yeah. Clams Casino. And I was like, that's already a producer. And you were like, what? I was so Come upset. On. In my mind, I've been DJ Clams Casino for such a long time. Oh, man. Uh, but DJ Sinking Feeling, it's like modern and appropriate to the incarnation of me that exists now. <laughs> So I'm, I'm DJ, DJ Sinking I'm feel. DJ I Fuck approve. Y'all for life. You've been DJ Fuck <laughs> Y'all for a long time. 
that's my my true spirit your true self (laughs) (laughs) um speaking Uh, of my true self i honored my true self by going on a weird trip to a museum when i was in the bay area this past week that i wanted to talk about night call because it was such a night call place to be friend of the podcast sarah johnson told us about it uh it's at fisherman's wharf it's called the musee mechanique and it is, I think, mostly a Playland memorabilia museum. I'm not sure if all this stuff comes directly from Playland, which was the weird old boardwalk arcade amusement park kind of thing at the pier in San Francisco at the wharf. But uh, this is just a bunch of weird old arcade machines, sort of like predating gaming even. Do you know when they're from? Like 1906 or something? No, I think they're from the 20s and 30s is my impression. There is one at the door that's the Laughing Sal, which is like a famous carnival thing that's just a terrifying, like, large animatronic sort of scary looking woman who just laughs, just like jiggles and laughs. It's kind of like the stuff from like Big Sideshow stuff. Sideshow stuff. Coney Island vibes. Definitely like the weird, dark underside of that stuff for sure. Like you walk in the museum and the first things you see are like, watch these zoetropes of the San Francisco fire and earthquake (laughs) of 1906. Wee. Wee. Um, (laughs) It's like what they had instead of disaster movies then. Yeah. And like some, you know, kind of salacious stuff, but less of that than I expected and just... More weird animatronic machines. The museum is free to go to, but everything costs like a quarter. Right, There's a couple yeah. of machines that cost more than that that I didn't get into. But there's a lot of like weird dioramas where you put in a quarter and they kind of like move around a little bit. So there's one that's like just like people in exploring with a form that just got invented being like, oh, we can make anything into a weird mechanized miniature. It's kind of like a flea circus, but a doll flea circus. Well, there was one that was very flea circusy because it was a toothpick carnival. <laughs> and my friend was <laughs> saying you can like see that the inside of the glass hasn't been cleaned in like a hundred years. There's definitely like you spend a little time in there and then you're like, I have to go outside. I have to be in the sunlight again. <laughs> so this is reminding me of the Pike Place Market. And I think a lot of the funkier stuff there is, is not there anymore. But there used to be a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, looking through some little goggles to see a little diorama and some like kind of fake uh, freak show type peep show things where you could like look inside and see like a headless woman or something like that. Okay, Uh, well, funny you should say that because the thing that I found really scary and dystopian and reminded me that like it's always been dystopian is that they had these machines of executions (laughs) that were doll executions. That's crazy. And there were four of them. Like, they saw the first one, and I was like, this is crazy, but, like, in a weird way makes sense. And then I was like, oh, there's a bunch of these. Um, I've never heard of this in my life. I watched one. It was like, watch this, like, genuine old-timey British execution with, like, a priest reading the last rites. And then it's like a castle. You put the quarter in, and then, like, the doors open you see this little, like, priest next to this guy who's, like, kneeling, and he, like, reads the little last rites to him, and then a door opens in the basement, and the guy gets hung. Hang. But it's a puppet. Whoa. It's a puppet. It's a doll. And I watched it. I was like, wow, I wish I hadn't watched that. And then uh, later on, Johnny, my boyfriend, was like, oh, there's a guillotine. Let's do that one, too. And we watched it, and there was, like, a tiny little guillotine. It's, like, a little puppet execution it's terrifying that's horrible but it's weird because you're like i spent money on this because i wanted to see and then i saw and then i couldn't unsee but something about watching like dolls execute each other it's also bizarre because who who except us is that kind of museum catering to if it offers that which like even was too much for you i just imagine kids going in and being like oh cool let me uh no, <laughs> there's a I lot think kids of kids like to get stuff. creeped out by that stuff. Though. Yeah, I think maybe we underestimate because I certainly remember being kind of creeped out and made uncomfortable, but in like kind of fun way. But the that whole kind of thing. Fisherman's Wharf, like it has that weird boardwalk carny kind of atmosphere, yeah. even sometimes mm-hmm. when they try to like sanitize and, and city walk places like that. There's just like such a undercurrent of hauntedness. Uh, and this museum is so super haunted and you should go there because it's free 
Um, except if you spend money on seeing. Yeah, you can go in, but you, you can't will. see anything unless you have a bunch of quarters. You can go They'll in, get your quarters. You, can't, yeah, you can you never can't leave. Check out. No, there is one machine. My friend Sarah put her hand in. There's this thing that was like a Roman, like fortune telling machines. And there was one that was like a Roman coin on the wall with a mouth. Mm-hmm. And my friend like put her hand in it. And I was like, I can't believe you're putting your hand in there. <laughs> Like, it could just, like, chomp down on your hand. Well, you had just seen the guillotine. You knew That's what you were in for. That's also totally true. Yeah. <laughs> well, we love a haunted museum at Night Call. We're connoisseurs of a good museum. Hauntasaurs. <laughs> this was very, actually, Museum on the Rock seeming. Oh, House on the Rock? House on the Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've talked about it several times also with the, the, the Black Mirror uh, episode the Black Museum. Uh, I think we're a fan of the kind of uh, homemade museum. And we wanted to induct a few special things near and dear to our heart into our own Night Call Museum as a special end of year treat for all of our listeners who've been with us for the almost year that we've been on the air. We're not quite ready for our, our first anniversary, but it's Somebody it's was tweeting recently where they were like, was this the same year that Paddington 2 came out? And I was like, yes. Wow. Yes. Because that was one of our first episodes. That's crazy. Like. And I was like, yeah. this has been the longest year in history, but we it have really measured it in night calls. At the yeah. same time, I feel like Paddington 2 came out yesterday. So it's like both feelings. <laughs> well, it's timeless. Time. And I'm glad yeah. it's available as a Christmas <laughs> treat now for everyone who didn't catch it the first time around. Mm-hmm. But somebody else was saying, like, did, did the movie I Feel Pretty come out this year? And I was like, yes, because Emily, you and I saw it together in Times Square. And I was, they were just like... How did all of these things happen this year? Like anything uh, feels ancient. It's the end times, so time is stretching and contracting. <laughs> but let's make our own museum while we can. Yes. Our Hall of yeah. Fame for Night Call. Virtual for now, unless we get that big grant. From the, uh, we've picked a few things We're that, that we think fall into our Venn diagram of the things that we all enjoy, that we think all night callers enjoy, um, and just put them on a special uh, shelf of the mind. So with that, this is the first ever Night Call Hall of Fame. So for our first inductee, Night Call is not a um, podcast that necessarily condones or promotes or... um, endorses any particular diet but I feel that over the last year the three of us have all kind of come down on um, at at least with the agreement that we will not eat a certain creature anymore also just out of honor and respect for this creature this creature is perhaps the most iconic of cephalopods and it stalks the night sea, uh, changing colors and adapting to its environment in a beautiful way. It is a, a monster that haunted my dreams, a sea monster that haunted my dreams from a very young age. So I will always have respect for this creature. Um, they are also great viral stars. Um, there are many good videos of um, this year's inductee uh, getting, in, getting to, into and out of jars, particularly. I think we have to honor that. And so this year, 2018, I would like to induct into the Night Call Hall of Fame. Octopi. Also, they're probably aliens. You neglected to mention. I think that's why they are the most night call of all animals. They are aliens that swim among us. Misunderstood, strange looking, probable aliens who like to collect things, have senses of humor, and you shouldn't yep. eat them. So I, I um, have been reading a bit about um, octopi or octopuses. Actually, in this in this book that I read that is by a, um, he's both a philosopher and a, um, a scuba diver. He refers to them as octopuses, so I don't know if octopi is incorrect in the scientific community. I like the way octopi sounds, so that's why I said that. But they, and also I was reading about this about raccoons also, which I feel like are a, 
maybe like a runner up or maybe next time for 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 the night call hall of fame raccoons their their hands are like antenna and and octopi are like that too like most of the information they get about the world comes from their tentacles that's why they're just like so active and they feel like they have minds of their own uh is just because that's where so much of the the brain activity is like they have neurons in their in their tentacles which is cool um when you do see a video of a raccoon, they're like kind of feeling things out. They've kind of got this like wah, wah, grabby grabby thing. And it's apparently because they're getting information through their little raccoon hands. Which I've is started great. referring to them exclusively <laughs> as trash cats. Oh, yeah. so I, I, I endorse that name to be used more broadly. I've heard trash pandas also. Oh, oh interesting. And I endorse both. I I'm love a trash raccoons. panda. Yeah, I saw two really big raccoons cross the street. I think it was right after our last night called live event. It was very magical. They were like Aww. helping each other cross the street. Uh, do you guys have any tentacle. particularly favorite octopi or ones, you know, they don't need to be famous, but maybe ones that you had an encounter with or watched a video of any to call out specifically? I have a tragic thing that Molly, <laughs> I think we've already talked about it. Molly sent us the saddest article in the world that I posted on the Nightcaller's Facebook group of like the mother octopus like cannibalizing herself. Um, and that was, I'll <laughs> never forget that. I wish I could. I wrote a short story once about an octopus that was rejected every place I submitted it. <laughs> still, oh, man. It still slaps. I was going to go on a side tangent about cuttlefish, but I won't because they're not the same thing. Cuttlefish are amazing, octopus. too. I mean, we, we like all cephalopods. I think that's safe to say. They're okay by us. But yeah. I feel um, like the reason I don't eat them isn't necessarily just because I respect them so much. It's also because I'm not into their texture for food. Too rubbery. Yeah. I mean, I've eaten calamari like I do. See, eat. I'm not into the calamari. calamari squid. Yeah. 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 It's the same. They're different. It's the same. Fi- it's, just, it's different, but it's, it's like different, the same It's different, but they're tentacles. Yeah. 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 Big year for tentacles, guys. Really big year for tentacles. <laughs> tentacles are only going to get bigger and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to oct- octopi, octopuses, however you want to say it. You will be, you'll have a, sp- a special place in the Night Call Hall of Fame. Yeah, we will be happy to uh, serve the octopi when they take over. Not, but not literally, ser- we're not no, literally sure. serving octopi. <laughs> no, not in like a to How serve to serve exactly. octopi. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we've discussed this, uh, this place a lot over the past year. It's a place, there are many of them, but it's always really the same place. It's always right where you expect it to be. And you always know that when there's nowhere else that feels like the right place for you, this place has its doors open. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the 24-hour diner. A dying breed. A dying breed. I really thought you were going to say cheers. No, see, I was, <laughs> that's why I was trying to do. It is wherever nobody really knows your name. In fact, that's, I always that's think, a plus. I don't want to go to a place where everyone knows my name because usually when I go to a diner, I'm just like getting away from right, some other. Yeah. I just want the, the, the cloak of fried. Um, <laughs> yeah. Someone chimed in recently. We were talking about a 24 hour diner in Seekonk, Massachusetts. I think it was two listeners very uh, generously reminded us of the name Bickford's. How could we forget? Bickford's. And we heard that it's been kind of redone and fancified and that it's kind of lost some of its charm. I don't care. If it's still 24 hours, and actually I'm not sure if it was actually 24 hours. Because Fred 62, for instance, Los yeah. Feliz, quote unquote, 24-hour diner, not they're actually. Oh, they're no, not? I don't think so. I think they're closed at four until seven. They take huh. a three hour break, I, I believe. I feel like a lot of diners that are supposedly 24 hours will also take a break if there's like no traffic at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Which I as respect. they should. Yeah. Yeah. As long yeah. as you're kind, you're, if you're almost 24 hours, I'll give it to you. Fat Burger also, I think, closes at like four. Bob's Big Boy, I believe, is, is the full two four. Yeah. Oh, there's nice. some, and there's a norms opening yes. in yeah. the valley that will be. 24 hours, supposedly. Really great uh, specials. Oh, and really? Yeah. There's like, there. last time I went there, there were all these uh, seniors there to get the senior special. And my friend was like, this is the best argument for getting old I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, this looks awesome. Yeah. 
I feel like senior specials are always the right amount of food, too. I lately. had the same experience last night when I tried to go to the local uh, Italian restaurant at, like, 7 p.m., and they were like, we are all booked up. Sunday night at 7 p.m.? Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? But 7 Which p.m. One was is it? actually the prime. Columbo's. Columbo's, the jazz club uh, and Italian restaurant in Eagle Rock that we also would put on the Hall of Fame. If everyone had been there, which I have not been there, but oh, you will. You'll love it. It's like a David Lynch movie inside. It's like red velvet curtains, a weird painting of Al Pacino. Oh, nice. (laughs) um, And a kind of, uh, you know, like a a loungy cabaret music vibe of local local musicians. Are 24 hour places really going away? Are they endangered? I I, I personally don't. Well, you live in you live in the city city that that never sleeps. sleeps. But I was just at a 24-hour diner, even, even though it was the afternoon. I was not taking advantage of the 24 hours, but I do like the fact that even if it it's not you know late at night, they'll still let you sit there forever and ever. So that's I write a lot. Great. Even yeah. in the yeah. city that never sleeps, things close. At do you night. ever go to French Roast? Isn't that mm. the 24-hour diner on the corner of 11th and 6th? Uh, I don't. Is I've never a, been there before. Is that a Connecticut muffin franchise? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like a bougie twenty-four hour. It's. I. It was like the place in college where you're roaming around and it's like three in the morning and you're like, let's all go. We're so drunk. Let's go eat some French onion soup. And <laughs> Probably a big terrible. And why you so hang. weird. There's a place like that in Manhattan Beach called the Kettle that I feel like is also. Like, I think the Kettle's twenty-four hours, isn't like, it? Like where they're like, it's five a.m. Wouldn't you like some hot onion soup with? <laughs> Gruyere melted on it. In a way, yes, I would. No, but if me you've been too. doing tequila shots, it's like, please do not get French <laughs> onion soup. <laughs> <laughs> God. I mean, I think when Dupar's closed, I think that that R. was RIP. RIP. Still one in the farmer's market. Oh, whatever. Right. Whatever. But that one's like fake. I know that people don't respect that one. I but mean, I, I like that one. Everyone, all of the like, you know, 70 year old men who like really feel like they know LA will be like, no, that's the Dupars. That's the Dupars. They're just totally wrong. It was the Valley Dupars. Last time I was there, I think we saw Ian Ziering. Oh. Uh, Steve Sanders from Meno 210. Yeah. And then I was like, who is that cool couple over there that are like very engrossed in each other? And then when they were leaving, I was like, it's Delta Burke and Gerald Oh, McCain. my God. Whoa. <laughs> it was amazing. Peak, peak Dupar. Peak 818 experience. Um, wow. So at least glad to have that memory. Yeah. Everybody should pick one diner, their fave, in the, in the realm of the 24-hour diner. I guess Norm's. Norm's is the best. I, I can't say Bickford's now because I haven't been since 2005, but I'm going to go ahead and time travel back to like 2003, 2004 and Bickford's it. Bickford's. Emily, uh, well, if, you? If, if you guys aren't going to pick Waffle House, then I'm going to pick Waffle House. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even Is though there... it's been a second since I've actually been to one because in Chapel Hill, where I most frequently am in the South now, there's a place that the locals consider superior to the Waffle House. Um, but I do love a Waffle House. But is that local place open 24 hours? It is not. No. Waffle House is the one place where you're like, the chain is probably just as good as the local place because it's a really good chain. Right. Kind of an underdog contender for the Hall of Fame. Although Emily said, who doesn't like it? You know what I'm talking about. The moon. Guys, how cool I is did the know moon? what you were talking about. <laughs> so fucking cool. I love the moon. God, I love the moon. Who could the who older, could argue yeah. against the moon? The older I get, the more I believe in the powers of the moon. My mom <laughs> for the longest time has been like, You seem a little high strung. Could it be the moon? And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, I don't, maybe it was Wouldn't the moon. Wouldn't it be nice if it was? Yeah. I My know. favorite conspiracy <laughs> theory that's not real is the like, well, your body's like 90% water, isn't so it the controlled by the you. moon tides? You are the tide. <laughs> it's true. Much like astrology, you're like, wouldn't it be nice if there was a system that governed everything and things made sense. A lot of calls, you know, there's stuff goes on, though, systematically with the moon, like there's more crimes and stuff. I have all the scientific evidence to back it up, clearly. Sometimes there are more crimes when the moon is bright or when there when it's is... full. Or it's full really? moon fever, man. That makes no yeah, sense, yeah. though, because that is when everyone can see you doing your crimes in the bright but moon. But it's easier to see your crime. Yeah. yeah, but do your crimes in the new moon 
in the dead of night trawling the night sea like an octopus yeah do your crimes when there's no moon or you could be like if everyone else is also doing their crimes with the full moon you want to do your crime there's less cops you know what i'm saying resources are spread thin it's power in numbers (laughs) (laughs) emily where do you fall on the moon does everybody know where their moon is and they're in their chart speaking of astrology our math teacher in 10th grade did it for Tess and I, but I have forgotten. That was a 12th grade math teacher, Molly. Really? Yeah. Okay. He did our, oh, right. He did our charts. Bears Think my moon is in Scorpio. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. Because the Yikes. math teacher was like, well, that's why, you know, you're a Virgo, but you've got this, this, because I was, uh, tried to lead a lead a walk out in the class one time or something <laughs> shockingly the tyranny of your astrologer math teacher <laughs> he was so Sounds like nice. the coolest math teacher no he was time. just so nice that we like pushed so him around nice. as a class because he was such a, ni- a nice dude and we were a bunch of senior who were who were in remedial math by yeah, the way yeah, yeah. it was remedial math <laughs> do you feel like you're more of the horseshack or the vinnie barbarino i think oh See, this is this bears on what we'll be talking about later of what roles we occupy. I have no objectivity about that math class. You're Who the, would you, you're the Vinnie Barber? You, know? you think? Yeah. Okay, I kind of I'm kind of flattered. I'm the actually. Horseshack. You are the Horshack. <laughs> I did my uh, my end of the year project on the echo boom of population, and it was just me being like, see, all these people had babies, and then they went on to have babies. Look at that <laughs> math. There's, think there, about there's it. Your math right there. Got an A. Uh, anyway, the moon. The moon. Um, I will say one one note from the cinema about the moon. There are, there are some good depictions of the moon in cinema going all the way back to the silent era. If there was one movie of the moon that I wish I could cut out from another movie and just enjoy on its own, it's The End of First Man, a movie that we will never discuss on this podcast oh, ever I again. I will not see that movie, but yeah. I laughed very hard at Ira Madison's description of it when he was like, the reason like people don't like this movie is because it's just about like Ryan Gosling wants to fuck the moon. <laughs> That's accurate. Well, I don't know about that, but the end of it, like uh, you know, especially on the big screen, is a very good moon. case. Yeah, he fucks the moon. It's a good case for the the wonders of the moon. It's very it's very cool looking. Don't it, you wish that movie weren't about Neil Armstrong or whoever it is, and it was just like. An hour long, non- just about the narrative. moon. No, the real thing, and in, in, he doesn't want to fuck the moon. He wants to like throw a necklace into the moon, which is like stupid. It's like the entire scene of like not to spoil first man for people, but like the entire scene is this wonderful like like stately scene of grandeur on the moon, and then it becomes like oh because he's still sad about his daughter, and then that's the, like and it kind of cuts stupid. the cuts the mood. But up until then, it's pretty rad. Molly, you recently talked about the moon landing with a friend of the pod. I will not reveal this friend's name because they do not want to be uh, outed in public as a moon landing truther. But Steph Curry just said he doesn't believe in the moon landing. So I feel like it's a hot topic. Our friend Steph Curry. (laughs) Well, I feel like it's a hot topic. I feel like all the big conspiracies of history come back up. We talk about Room 237 a lot. Um, They're basically just their argument was like, if we can do it, why haven't we ever done it again? Because it's really expensive. But they're like, we went four times under like one president. I think it's really expensive. And it's sort of like once you've done it once, it's like, cool, we can. The whole point was to prove we could do it. And then after that, it's like, I don't know. But what? Their their argument was also that like it all took place under one president. Did it? Didn't they go to the moon again? Not with Kennedy? Or not with them? Not under... um, Nixon. I think they were saying that it happened all four times under Nixon. Can't prove this fact check. Um, And they were like, what is Nixon known for? Lying about stuff. Oh, I mean, to be fair, (laughs) Um, like it's it's not an unpopular conspiracy theory. So, yeah, it's uh, it's Schrodinger's moon. Yeah, exactly. How do you prove it? Especially if people don't just automatically believe video of things. Which now we know you should not. So Yeah, well, now you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Should we fake a Mars landing? I said we should fake it and get all the men to move there with Elon. Well, that's our plan. Don't tell them our plan. Did I ever tell you guys that I met somebody who was like a finalist for the Mars One thing? Oh, yeah. Probably not happening anymore. I also Um, wouldn't wish humans on Mars. 
I don't want to go to space at no. all. I just feel like humans don't deserve another planet. No. Like, and also, I mean, if you're going to go to a planet, shouldn't you go to one of the very Earth-like planets that have been discovered within the past, like, two years? Yes. Is that just too Those hard? Those are too far away, yeah. If they're too, they're far, too far away. away. We don't have, we don't yeah. have faster than light. We don't have FTL. I want to conserve uh, our resources until we can, though. I don't really think, like, I think we're jumping the gun and being like, well, let's just see what we can do. Let's see if we can go tomorrow. It's like, let's wait. Let's hold it's off. also like, hey, also, uh, as a control, look at this other planet we fucked all the way up. Exactly. Maybe. And I saw some article that was like, colonizing Mars will, like, destroy any life that might exist on Mars and we'll just never know. Right. I still think that the best option is to do like they did in Wall-E, where they have, like, the giant, by and large ship where people go around in their little floating seats oh, and they're just no, on the ship that. for a million years. I, I hate it, but at least you're not destroying other planets. At least you're in a vessel. But you created still, your own planet to destroy. They still make trash and throw it into space. The space trash? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's it's a very, it's a dim view of the future for sure. It's bad. But, it, but let's leave Mars alone. <laughs> So for our next nominee, I feel like there were many potential films and or television shows that we could have inducted into the Nightcall Hall of Fame. Many works of art that are near and dear to our heart that speak to us, that embody our values. Uh, but I think that if we had to pick one, at least this time around, for this first this first year, we would go to one that kind of goes all the way back to the beginning of our show and our identity, who we feel we are within the podcast world. This is a film by a filmmaker that I think we all generally like, but I don't think we necessarily have, maybe we don't agree about all of his movies, except for this one. Um, And it gives you a little bit of everything, namely three dudes, (laughs) three of the best dudes, a alcoholic reporter, a... uh, cartoonist who turned detective and a cop played by Mark Ruffalo, the best kind of cop, if you have to have one. This movie that we are inducting into this year's Nightcall Hall of Fame is Zodiac. Yay! (laughs) I fully forgot you were going to do Zodiac and... You had no idea what she was talking about? When you were talking about it, I was like, this is the best description of showgirls I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Next year, next year. because you had mentioned Uh, Paul Verhoeven as another possibility. Or Eyes Wide Shut. Then I was like, is she describing Eyes Wide Shut? No, it has to be Zodiac. It's Zodiac. Those are... They they orbit us. They're totems. This is at our center, is Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah, Zodiac. Okay, so I was going to ask about this because I was I was trying to like put together some notes of what I was going to talk about in my opening and I and I was I was thinking that I was like I I think in general I'm a Fincher fan but I feel like I feel like we have some wildly varying opinions on the movies of his that we like like I'm like probably not as big of a Gone Girl fan as I feel like you guys are but I, I like it okay it's just not my fave and then I just saw, I recently saw Girl with the Dragon Tattoo for the first time. And I was like, this movie is trash. And it makes me actually kind of lose respect I can't believe you didn't see it him. before. <sighs> I know. The hacker. Yeah. The hacker with the the, ha- the industrial hacker in me didn't get it. It was too close to home. We've talked about it. I was like, why would I just want to watch a movie about me? I feel like we've talked about, um, about the Nordic noir boom yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We talked about uh, The sure. Snowman, a bunch of my other podcast, Molly's Sleazy Friends. We gave you all the clues. Yeah. We gave you all the clues. Just the Nordic mm-hmm. noir boom when people were like green lighting all this stuff just because it was like, it's in the snow. People get murdered. Yep. Um, there's that one black mirror. But I feel like Zodiac is a, like a, the best example of that kind of that kind of vibe of like the mystery that's sort of pointless because like what is life? Well, that's why um, it's the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that I feel like it is the pinnacle of that kind of mystery, and it's got that like you know shiny Fincher sheen, but it also has a real kind of like rough around the edges or kind of hang dog feel to it that is uh it's just like a perfect meal it's got everything that you want in it Um, it's like an action movie where the action is thinking really hard (laughs) yeah wow did i crash the cup (laughs) you did you're right yeah there's like your mental you're right because like 
there's barely any actual like violence shown on screen. Right, but you see everyone's thinking so hard. They're like sweating well, about also their the thinking. Well, also the violence you do see is like so intense right. and scary. And it real. was also one of those first movies where I was like there there are so many CG effects in it, but they're not they're not for action or violence. It's like the like the shot of the car going down the streets is like heavily digital he's like but, one of the uh, only people i feel like who knows how to actually like use digital yeah, digital yeah yeah because the whole thing is he like if you can use it sparingly like this is what nobody does like jurassic park they used it sparingly right that's what people forget and then as soon as they had done it once they were like let's just do it all for everything and then you never mm-hmm. had practical effects again but like the best thing is a blend yeah that's my a fine blend do we all feel feeling. comfortable still with our our assignments as far as the three the three dudes of Zodiac go? I think we're pretty much. <laughs> I'm sitting here with notes on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> They're really in depth notes about mostly diners. Um, so I think I'm still Gray Smith. Do you guys still feel right? I mean, I'd like to live on a houseboat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you though? In fan. Well, now in theory. And- in theory. And now you love Fisherman's Wharf, so you'll just like live on your houseboat and go to Fisherman's Wharf all the just time in your San Francisco life. By the weird, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's almost the Rockford Files. I think he's in a van in Malibu. <laughs> Again, great lifestyle. Wait, that reminds me. Yeah, I have another nominee. Oh, speaking of murder yeah. things and things about detectives. I would like to nominate for the Night Call Hall of Fame. Angela Lansbury. Speak on it. Angela Lansbury. She's only in really good things. She was in Blue Hawaii. Really? Yeah, I think so. She had like a long, you know, she started in the theater, I think. Um, She's 93 also, which is wild. She's cool as hell. Murder, She Wrote is a great show that stands up well. Love a show about people underestimating somebody and then that person mm-hmm. solves the murder every time. I like all those shows. Mm-hmm. I like Columbo. I like The Rockford Files. Um, I love Murder, She Wrote. And we were talking about Bedknobs and Broomsticks recently. So good. That's, I think, why it came up. Um, but I've never also... seen Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Oh, my God. That's Emily, good. can I uh, Especially now confess. that you've seen uh, Mary Poppins. It's like the so... good, weird Mary Poppins where she's just openly a witch. Right. Well, so I don't want to spoil this for you guys too much, but I think by the time this episode comes out, the world will know. So I might as well get it out there. But did you know that Angela Lansbury is in Mary Poppins Returns? No, is she a human teapot? (laughs) Basically. uh, I mean, she may as well be. She's at the very end, and it's the part that's clearly, was clearly written to be the Julie Andrews cameo. But oh. I think, but then Julie Andrews didn't want to be in it because I and the like the the line that she gave was like, oh, I don't, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to hog the spotlight from Emily Blunt. I wanted to let her have her moment. But I think she can't really sing and anymore. Julie right. Andrews. She doesn't want to yeah. ruin the, yeah. the illusion. And this and the I scene understand. is a, a song. Like she sings a song. So instead, we have Angela Lansbury there, who's like, it doesn't make any, make any sense, but it's totally not unwelcome. Well, You're if just you've like, seen oh, great. Bedknobs and Broomsticks, it's almost like a side cool to Mary Poppins. It's like yes. the same kind of like weird Victoriana right. kind of the stuff that we were talking about for the weird museum. I'm talking about mm-hmm. weird boardwalky stuff mm-hmm. that um, I love to laugh vibe. Yeah, there's just like being in a room with some old men and then laughing and going to the ceiling. That part is so weird in Mary Poppins. I forgot about. I love that. it. There's a part it's where, so like, the, the Knights of Armor come to life in Bedknobs and Broomsticks yes. is the main thing uh, I remember. But it's she's also a, a very long movie. It's long. She's a witch. It's weird. It's a whole buffet. Um, and then she was also in The Manchurian Candidate, like, not that far off from then. Yeah. Where she gives the greatest performance. She's also she had great. the range. She's, she's so, she has, like, a warmth, but also a depth that's yeah. really hard to Well, that's get. the thing. She has the warmth, and then, then they use it against you in, like, Manchurian yeah. Candidate. It's like somebody who you love and trust being scary. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so Angela Lansbury, we salute you. Welcome to the Night Call Hall of Fame. We will dedicate all of our eventual Night Call murder mystery novel series to you. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. If we ever get that Netflix deal, when we all like, live, we, have to, we when, demand that it stars Angela. When Big Art, <laughs> Big Art's going to give us that. That Big grant money. <laughs> Big art. For our museum. 
Uh, Tess, you have another nominee. I do. Now listen, this might make some people upset, but it shouldn't because what I am about to nominate is less a singular thing and more a giant umbrella, if you, or maybe a giant bowl, a serving vessel that you can fill with whatever you need. And I think that that is really why this uh, this nominee speaks to all of us. It is exactly what you want it to be. It's not what other people tell you it is. It belongs where it belongs. This sounds like a lot like my pitch for the for the diner, but it's a different <laughs> thing. Guys, dipping sauces. Oh, Give it up yeah. for the dipping sauce. We've had some of our most heated conversations on this podcast about dipping sauces, most notably... One I cannot mention that starts with an M. Well, there are so many dipping sauces that involve that. There's a thing. It's a base. Mention. It's a base. It's a base. Oh, you can mention it. We're gonna mention it. Fuck it. It's the end of the year. I'm talking about mayonnaise. Look, I'm gonna. (laughs) Is this really mayonnaise? Is this really mayonnaise in the Hall of Fame? What was that thing you're into? Like confrontational honesty. Radical honesty. Radical honesty. Radical honesty. Time on my call. I just ate a pasta salad. With mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. With a dressing that definitely, I realized, as soon as I started eating it, it had some mayonnaise in it. Yep. Ate it anyway. Pretty good. You loved it. I didn't Ate it up. I love it, but I didn't like... Look at you. You loved it. Now you're trying <laughs> to hide it. When you, when no, you didn't know... No, I would tell know. you if I loved it. I would say if I had turned completely, but um, it was more just that I I just want to be you didn't. You didn't thing. bomb. I didn't bomb. What I'm really getting behind, though, here is a having... A million different dipping say, sauces. You said a variety. A variety of yeah. dipping sauces. I'm just saying that I wanted to say mayonnaise out loud, which someone forbade us from doing. We we obliged okay. them, and now I'm rescinding that. It's the holidays where it's we can do holidays. whatever we want. You're the marvelous <laughs> Mrs. Mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> which I would um, watch. So this variety that you speak of, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of some real-life examples, and the first one that comes to mind is the Tower of Onion Rings at a little establishment known as Birds. Uh, do I don't think guys... I've ever had this onion ring tower, but I... Uh, are you kidding? I, I, live, oh my God. I live very close to Birds, and I have I never know. had it. I stand an onion ring tower. I thought you were going to say the Bloomin' Onion. Oh, yeah. Well, it's similar concept, but it comes out. it comes out like it's a dowel that's just a tower of onion rings stacked up on it, and I think they have three different dipping sauces, and one of them is like an aioli, one of them is like a barbecue sauce, and I forget what the other one was, but uh, it's wonderful, and it's and you kind of vary it up as you go down the tower, and uh, who doesn't <laughs> want that? <laughs> I love that. There used to be a like healthy fast food restaurant called, I believe, Tops with a Z. I remember Tops with a Z. They had a condiment bar. Well, that's the thing is that Tops with a Z, it was like not as good as real fast. Like the food that it was trying to improve on, it did not succeed there, but it had so many condiments. It was an embarrassment (laughs) of condiments. And I would just go. You know, an embarrassment you, of condiments. It was an embarrassment. So no, sometimes there's a place that'll have like the good salsa bar. So you go the there. Salsa mm-hmm. bar. You're like mm-hmm. gonna get the most oh, yeah. options. Yep. Baja no, Fresh. Bar. Yeah, Baja <laughs> Fresh. But also Ricky's Fish Tacos, which is the yeah. best fish taco truck. And then you get you're like, I want this one, but then this one's also good. You, you could just have them all. You could have it all. I got two kinds of salsa yesterday from Hirache's Azteca, mm-hmm. which I also endorse. And Hugo's Azteca, the best place in the world. Um, and they just gave it to me in like giant cups. And oh, I was I so that. happy about what it. What kind of salsas? Um, a green and a red. But I also like almost drank it several times. And then I was yeah. like, what would be wrong with that? Well, we know what would it's be wrong. It's just a soup. When you drink a sauce, you've been down that road, Molly. Don't oh, make me well, remind that's you. That's just soy sauce. I'm that's just not just... allowed to drink soy sauce in great quantities anymore. <laughs> that's the other thing. When... Like having a soy, having a soy-based <laughs> sauce and then making... A kind of like all of these different iterations of the soy. Like now you you have the soy. You, you have like the to ponzi, doctor the, black, the sauce. You doctor the sauce. Tess Call me doctor sauce. Well, we always talk about Dr. John on Top Chef when they had the hot sauce making competition. And his number one thing that he was like, what I'm looking for is a hip tang. <laughs> we talk about it all the hip time tang. because it is exactly. Yeah. It, it describes something so well. It's He's like, like a Dr. John. It. It's like a language. You'll know it when you taste it. There's no translation. If it's got that hip tang or not. That's why Crystal Hot Sauce yeah, the is best. the superior Ooh. hot sauce. Yeah. Crystal, endorse Night Call. Oh, please, Crystal. We love you. Yeah, I love Crystal. Vinegar hot sauce. Yeah, vinegar Also, based. I will say to Night Callers interested in getting into making your own hot sauce, 
It's very easy. I learned. Did you make a hot sauce? I made like a salsa and a hot sauce. Yeah. You just like boil oh some peppers with vinegar. Doesn't it hurt it. your eyes and your lungs when you're boiling it? Not if you're not like standing right over it. Oh, see, I hover. That's too dangerous for me. <laughs> Let's each rank our top three. Top three sauce. Oh, it's so hard. Mm. Okay. Well, I, I, I'll name one right now. Um, I love a, a honey mustard, either dipping sauce or dressing. It is my favorite. My favorite flav. It's very good. I like the Ken's honey mustard. I'm If I had to choose one single sauce, it would be ponzu. But if I got two, it would be ponzu and tartar sauce, but never together. Never together. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Um, yeah, I feel like soy sauce has to be number one it's the, if I could only choose one for the rest of my life. But remember when you were used to soy sauce and then you had ponzu? I like ponzu, but ponzu's soy, got the hip tang. Regular soy sauce, so good. Second might be malt vinegar. Oh, you're I, crazy. I love malt vinegar. <laughs> I mean, I love them, but I love your two sauces. They're like the darkest, most watery sauce. Well, maybe the second one is like mustard. <laughs> like mustard counts as a sauce. Mustard counts as a sauce, right? right? Yeah, totally. Well, what kind yeah. of mustard? And Emily said honey mustard, so I didn't want to steal her mustard veiler. <laughs> the, the honey mustard dressing is like a combination of things. Emily, what's like, the best I like a sweet honey mustard. Also. Um, I have no idea, but it's one that they have at the diner that I was just at that's like pale yellow. I wonder it's if like it's opaque. Ken's. Do you think I, it's Ken's? I don't know. Is the Ken's one have a grain in it? Because the one in the uh, tiny tub does, the one in the squeeze bottle doesn't. Because it is just like a plain yellow colored sauce. Kind of heavy on it. the honey. Yes. We're going to yeah. have to yeah. make it's a night sweet. call sauce now. Oh, can we yeah. please? <gasps> that would be amazing. That would be awesome. Um, you know what it's going to be, though? It's going to end up being a remoulade. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, remoulade's so good. It combines all the things we like. Wait, I you like guys, that. when we a DJ, should well. we bring a night call sauce Ooh. to the because we brought Molly batch. brought pie last time yeah maybe I'll make some some sauce let's make sauces my other sauce that I would choose is going to be controversial but uh, it's because it's a mayonnaise but it's Kewpie mayonnaise that's no yes, mayonnaise. I respect your commitment to we Kewpie all mayonnaise. decided that Kewpie mayonnaise is the, the creme mayo. de la mayonnaise oh now I'm gonna barf. <laughs> 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 a lot of things make me barf, so don't even take your personal. <laughs> what a lovely museum we've created to our favorite things. I, I picture us walking down the halls. Yeah, we have the, the moon halls. and Angela Lansbury and some some sauce. We're riding those bicycles <laughs> with one giant wheel in the front. Yeah. <laughs> We we definitely need to have those audio guides where you hold up the thing to your ear, the like little stick, and it tells you facts about each thing. Um, we weren't yeah. we weren't Please heavy on the facts today, but facts don't. This was a feelings hall of it fame. It was the museum <laughs> of Jurassic Night Colliery. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so I have I have a something of late a late uh, entry that almost made my list uh, because I saw it today. Uh, it's a movie. It's another movie. And I immediately texted Molly and Tess and said that it was uh, perhaps Nightcall, Nightcall's movie of the year. Uh, and that is the movie Aquaman, which is incredible. <laughs> I feel like it has all of our favorite things in it, including Octopi. <laughs> I was saying uh, this ties in perfectly with my plan to make the cool new catchphrase, It's wet. <laughs> I wish the catchphrase for 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 Aquaman was "get wet." <laughs> <laughs> well, after just like a picture of Jason Momoa. After like, Iris said that thing about first man being about a guy who wants to fuck the moon, and I was like, Aquaman looks like it's about a guy who fucks the ocean, who fucks the sea. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that is, I guess, what it's about. It sounds like. Well, riding the sea creatures. I mean, come on. Well, Emily take... just yeah. texted Tess and I, and her cell, which was very good, was uh, Willem Dafoe riding a seahorse. Yeah, who doesn't want that? from a big blockbuster apparently it's doing very well in china and it does feel like one of those movies that's like engineered to do really well in china but like i i can't like it's uh, it's engineered to do really well in my heart too it's so it's so wacky you know it looks like a black light poster it's so great we love a sea Um, kingdom it's true we love a wacky sea. It all it kind of sounds like a deviant art, like fan art thing come to life, where you're just like, "What if this? Oh, look, it exists. What <laughs> well, if this? Oh, here you go." You know, I feel like a lot of the stuff about dark, gritty superhero movies has like robbed superhero movies of what would make them fun, which is like being very weird. Yeah, and yeah. so it seems like the weirdness is coming back, and not just in a Deadpool like zingery way, but maybe yeah. in like a 
Willem Dafoe riding a seahorse way, which right. is all yeah. I really want. <laughs> Not uh, just Patrick f- Wilson's also in it, and he wears like a mer cape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you said something it's else so about like Nicole Kidman and crabs, just like oh all. my god. Uh, Nicole Kidman is wearing like a crab arm as like armor at one point and then like throws it off and you realize that it was like a crab arm and I just like started laughing out loud. I was so happy. Oh, sounds great. <laughs> sounds like a weird George Melier anyway, thing. Yeah. Um, um, listeners, if you have any recommendations for the Night Call Hall of Fame, you should give us a call at 24046 night. Or an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Twitter at nightcallpod on Facebook at Nightcall Podcast or on Instagram at Nightcall Podcast. And we plan on doing this every year as long as we're around. So, And, and we'll also link to some kind of virtual uh, place where all of our Hall of Fame picks can live. And maybe like I would love to have like one of those old guest books like an Angel Fire site where people can write their, their comments and tributes to each of our picks. Um, so we'll, we'll figure out a way to get that up off the ground. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Oh, wait, I have one last thing. I'm just going to make a wish right now on the podcast. I didn't get permission from Emily or Molly, but I'm doing it anyway. So I, I've i noticed that there has been some kind of campaign to get Oh Hello to host the Oscars. <laughs> and I need to put it out onto somewhere that I just need that to happen. <laughs> and so yeah. just send good vibes because that's the only way the Oscars. It's the only are way they could good. redeem it at this point. It's the only redemption. So that is my that is my wish for all of us for the new year. I am um, right there with you. Oh my god, that would be the best. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.